Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale, your favorite uh, basso profondo podcaster. Yeah, my voice is sounding a little bit like Barry White this morning, is it mm-hmm. not? Yeah, yeah, I've been a little under the weather the last few days. We just kept pressing on. Some hours are better, some hours are worse. And uh, is now seemed to want to relocate itself in the old voice box. Uh, but that's okay. That's all right. So y'all can continue to speak healing within and upon me if you desire to. Uh, take the authority that the Lord has given you as a true believer and speak healing, uh, not only into my situation, but into your own also. But I thought I'd share the next three verses that we're looking at here in the Gospel of Mark. So here's Mark, chapter 8, verse 11. It says this, The Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, that's with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Well, let's just stop there for a moment. We can see what the motivation is and what's going on here. The whole idea of arguing, they came to examine him is what it means. And they were disputing with him. They were debating. They were discussing. This would have been a very animated type of thing. And what they wanted, they wanted a sign from heaven. And that's literally the idea of an attesting miracle. A miracle that proves something. And it's not even really a miracle that proves that you are who you say you are because Jesus wasn't saying anything about who he was. Jesus was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. But they wanted to see this attesting sign. Then the last part of the verse says, to test him. Verse 12, sighing deeply. And this I think we already see, I know we've seen this once, this may be the third time, but I think this is the second time that we see this whole little phrase that Jesus sighed deeply. And it literally means that there's a moaning and groaning in his spirit. And then Jesus said this, why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Okay. So the idea being, you're asking for a particular kind of sign to prove something a particular kind of way, it's not going to be given. But the sign that will be given is one that you're not going to believe. And he doesn't mention it here, but later on he'll say some things about that. Last verse for now, verse 13. Leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. The other side of what? Well, likely the other side of the lake okay that's what jesus did he'd hop in a boat go back and forth back and forth and so he did this case right here after he had this encounter with the pharisees why did jesus do that why did he go back and forth well he said he needed to go to the other places to speak the gospel of the kingdom of god you know he could have hopped in a boat and or could have just walked another five miles down the shore but people would have followed him I think it sort of helped with the crowd dispersion, <laughs> you know, that kind of idea. But anyway, know this. 
the religionists will do this. They will come, they'll argue with you folks. They want to see a sign from heaven. They'll say things like this, okay? My, my favorite sad example. Uh, someone who's held in high, high esteem. I hold him in high esteem. He's a wonderful preacher, wonderful teacher, very well known all over the world, <clears throat> but is an adamant, what they call themselves, cessationist. Believe, believe in that many of the gifts of the spirit that you see in scripture no longer exist within the body. They have ceased to exist. That's why they call themselves cessationists. They have ceased. And, uh, and he's just wrong with that, okay? He's just wrong. And uh, other things he's right with, but he's wrong and he's blinded himself to that. But he will literally sit there and say in the most smarmy and snarky kind of way, I mean, I've I've, I've seen him preach it, read it in several of his books. And he'll say, well, if you have the spiritual gift of healing, then why are you not uh, going to the hospitals and laying hands on everybody and everybody being healed? <coughs> well, okay, I get you. That's legitimate, I think, nearly almost but not quite statement. <laughs> what I mean by that? Well, it shows the lack of understanding of spiritual gifts. It's not that I have the spiritual gift of this or that. What it is, you have the Spirit. You have the Spirit. And you live in such a way that if the Spirit decides he wants to move in a particular kind of way, he's free to do that. In other words, you're not quenching the Spirit. So if the Spirit wants to move through healing, he can move through healing. But if he doesn't, he doesn't. So this guy is treating it like, well, you've got this gift, so you can use it anytime you want to expedite any type of healing or whatever. That's not what's happening. These religions were demanding that same type of test from Jesus. <clears throat> you know, you can actually turn that on somebody the same way. Well, you know, and this individual does have a spiritual giftedness of teaching. That's one of the gifts you'll see, teaching and communicating. Okay, since you have a spiritual gift of teaching, why doesn't everybody that hear you understand everything that you're saying? Or why doesn't everybody who hear you, why do they not all believe? Why are they not all saved? You know, you can't think that way. You know? But he doesn't see that. And he's got this same pharisaical mindset. And he's very argumentative about it. <clears throat> they want to seek a sign from heaven. Oh, if you have a spiritual gift of healing, why aren't you healing everybody and raising them from the dead then? You know? <clears throat> Jesus says, no, don't do that. This generation, you're seeking a sign. Why are you always seeking this kind of sign, you religionist? You know, there's no sign going to be given to you. <clears throat> there's a parallel passage. <clears throat> let, me see, let me check right here. Uh, give a second. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, it is. It is a parallel passage with this. I thought it was. You tell I didn't look this up before. Uh, Matthew 15 says this. Uh, they asked Jesus about this. And here's what Jesus is replying. Matthew gives a more extended account of it. When it is evening, Jesus says, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you not know, or do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the time? An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and a sign will not be given it except the sign of Jonah. 
and he left them and went away. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> that little phrase, and a sign will not be given it, we'll, we see that in Mark, and you see it in Matthew. But the phrase itself actually means this, okay? Are you ready for this? In the Greek, the phrase means, if a sign shall be given. He said, what is that? Well, Jesus say this, that there's not going to be a sign given. But if there was a sign to be given, it's going to be the sign of Jonah. What was the sign of Jonah? That Jesus was in the belly of the earth three days and three nights. And Jesus actually expands upon that in other places. Well, I think I'm going to be quiet for now. Okay? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.